Welcome back to Core Anesthesia. Whether you are a student prepping for tests and boards or a CRNA here to earn CEUs, we are glad you've joined us. For more about us, make sure to check us out on Instagram at Core Anesthesia and online at coreanesthesia.com. Welcome back to Core Anesthesia. I'm Cole here with Tanner, and today we want to do a uh, real life talk on going through the different emotional, basically the emotional roller coaster that you go through in terms of getting your anesthesia degree. Basically, starting from when you're applying into school all the way up until you graduate, you become a CRNA, you're working for a few months, even to a few years, and just how much ups and downs there really are because it really is an emotional roller coaster there are there are highs there are lows and i think this is something that uh, needs to be talked about something that probably doesn't get talked about enough and regardless of somebody's ability to control their emotions and kind of keep those highs and lows to a minimum everybody experiences it to some degree whether it's a hill and a valley um or a mountain um you know, it's, it, whatever the case may be for each person, you're going to have some some fluctuation. And we kind of want to talk about what's normal, what to expect, um, that there's help available if you if you feel like you need help, because it's definitely something that needs to be talked about. So Tanner, do you just want to start us off? I thought before we get into the actual school side of things, we should talk about just the, the feeling leading up to school when you, you get accepted or you're applying for school and just that emotional side of things before you even kind of get into the thick of it. I think for me, it started when I was applying, you know, you, first of all, I should apologize. I'm just getting over a cold. So if you bear with me as we go through this episode, I hope my voice will stick through it with me. But the I think dreaded man cold, man. Oh, yeah, it's been brutal. Haven't got off the couch in three weeks. Um, <laughs> I think I think the, the thing when I was applying, I just thought like, okay, this is I think I was just naive. I was like, this is I'm going to fill out all these essays. I'm going to do the shadowing. I'm going to you know, check off all these boxes and then I'll apply and then I'll be in school next year. And just kind of like, really, I, I didn't have a lot of friends who were in the CRNA world. And so I didn't, I knew it was competitive, but I didn't really have like a good view of just how competitive it was and all the rigors that went into it. And so I think for me doing the application, I was, I was a little naive. And then I got my, my letter came after the interview and, um, or I should back up. I should say the interview day, talk about the emotions of interview day. I remember sitting in the room waiting to go in for my interview. And I looked around and I was like, I would, I would pick every single person in this room over me. Like everybody looked professional. Everybody looked engaged. They were, you know, obviously there for a reason. And I was like, I don't know how you're going to differentiate between one versus the other. I don't know what your interview day was like, Cole, but for me, I felt like that was, I remember walking out of the interview and just feeling like, I had no feeling in my arms or shoulders, just like I was just drained, you know, it was was a lot of mental energy in that day. Just to double check, we weren't there on the same day, right? I don't think so. Like this is before we kind of really knew each other, obviously. Trying to even remember if I'm... Or we were both very unmemorable, but I don't don't remember seeing you there. I remember we were pregnant with uh, our first child at the time. And I had mentioned that to somebody, I, I think they had like the secretary was like, uh, keeping us in, in conversation. We were like when you were on deck before your interview. Right. So the first person would go in the interview and the next person would be on deck and you'd be talking with the secretary. And that basically was an interview in itself. And because he was trying to get to know you on a conversational side of things. And it came up that we were pregnant and 
I got a call later, like a week later, but by somebody who had a question on something from the interview. And I remember it was a secretary and she's like, I'm dying to know what you ended up having. Cause it was right around the time that we were due. And yeah. I, I, cause I told her I, I wasn't going to tell her the name until yeah. he was born. Right. And, and I remember she called me and she was like dying to know. And I, I still think that that was one of the reasons I got accepted because of the suspense <laughs> level that she just wanted to know. Yeah. And she told me right then and there, well, we loved you that day. And you have pretty, you have a pretty good shot. And then I found out like the next day after that, I got accepted. Yeah. But I remember just all about that personal connection. Oh yeah, um, we really should do a whole episode on like interview process and the day of. That'd be a good one. Um, but I remember getting that call the next day after that from our director of the program, and she said that there's a spot available for me if I want it. That I got in. And it was just, oh, it, it felt like everything I had been working towards for so mm-hmm. long. Because I originally was pre-med. I was going to go to anest- uh, the med school to become an anesthesiologist. I switched my mind. Like, I studied for the MCAT for six months and switched my mind a couple days before the MCAT that I wasn't going to do that route. I had shadowed in the OR, fell in love with anesthesia. I wanted to do CRNA. I wanted to get there quicker. And I switched my path. And from that moment on, I said, this better work out because I'm right. switching my whole path. And it had been several years now later, I switched gears, got my nursing degree, worked in the ICU. I didn't get in the first time I applied to school and I finally got accepted. And it felt in my mind like I had reached the pinnacle, like I had reached mm-hmm. what I was trying to get. And that was yeah. to get into school. Right. And that was like the first hurdle of overcoming because it, it is so competitive and so hard to get in that it, it just felt like I'd, I'd made it. and. Mm-hmm. Looking back, I was only just beginning. Yeah, for sure. That's so crazy. Because I, I remember interview day, I I knew nobody. And I just, I literally picked this school because it was closer to where my wife's family lived. It was about an hour and a half, two hours away. So I thought if I was going to be like slammed to school, at least you'd have some sort of support system and be able to go home and see friends, family. And that was like the initial I picked the school. And then as I kind of more... Um, you know, figured out more reasons why I'd like to go there. But that was like the initial just because we were living in California at the time. So this was like moving all the way across the country. And I think interview day was just like, I think for me, again, it was a naive approach. And I realized when I sat down in that room, I was like, oh, this is a big deal. Everybody is taking this extremely seriously. This is not just like fill out the paperwork, get into school and you know, work hard for a couple of years and then you've made it. So I think that it was, it was kind of like a shock to my system. I walked out of there and I was like, I have no idea if that went well, if it didn't go well, I feel like it went well, but I feel like everybody else that I saw in there, it probably went really well for them too. Cause everybody just seemed really great and professional. And then my story was a little different. I got a letter in the mail and it said, congratulations, which was a tough word to start with. Cause then the next sentence was there's, there's a spot for you on the wait list. And I was <laughs> like, Oh man, it's like, you're so high. And then, um, yeah, brought you right back down to reality real soon. And then I, I was like depressed. I was like, well, that I just put all my eggs in that basket and it's done. And there was no, there's no like, Hey, you're first in line on the wait list. Second in line. I called them. I called the school and I was like, Hey, is this like, is this something that frequently people get pulled up off the wait list? Or is this pretty much like you need to go explore other options? And they really didn't have a good answer for me. But so I started exploring other options. I pretty much wrote it off. I was like, 
Hey, that didn't work out for me. And that's what I was trying to do with my life. And so now I started looking at other careers, other jobs, and I was full on board with looking at something else to the point when the director called me like a month and a half later, I was like randomly out for a walk. She calls me and by myself and I answer. And then she's like, Hey, you want to come to anesthesia school? And I was literally like, I need a couple days to get back to you because I I was like, I was, I was past it. I was like onto the next thing. I need to find a different career because obviously that didn't work out for me. If you haven't figured this out, I'm very like, <laughs> I can't sit still for like two seconds. So I was like, all right, that didn't work out onto the next thing. And um, yeah, when she called me, I was like, I need to, I need to think about it for a couple of days and then I'll give you a call back. So talked to my wife and decided obviously that it was the right thing we wanted to do. And so rest is history as they say, but I think that first, the whole interview process, the application process is its own mind game in and of itself for sure. And for those of you that apply and don't get in, don't be like Tanner, just instantly say, I'm not doing anything. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But, yeah, but some of you, I know that you might think that as well, but just because you don't get in the first time, take that. I, I tell everybody that's, that is applying that expect not to get in the first time and then figure out what they want you to work on and then refine yourself. Yeah. And make I, yourself think, I, think, I think that was a huge part again of my being naive because I thought that like, if I didn't get in, obviously that meant like, I'm like, I'm not qualified. I'm not, I'm not meant to do this. And in hindsight, you're like, man, just how competitive it is to even get a spot in a program. Like they're picking from really, really qualified candidates. So it feels like the wind can blow a different direction and you could be the one that's in versus the person who's on the wait list or, or mm-hmm. not admitted. So um yeah, don't 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 be like me and and move off it so fast. Keep keep trying if that's where the you know the position you're in. And I know we have listeners that are both trying to get into school right now, and maybe you haven't. There were ever several rounds. And seriously, don't give up because it, it took me several rounds to get in. And I know Tanner here just kind of decided like two weeks before the application deadline, oh, I might try anesthesia and got in right away. But that doesn't happen for everybody. Some people have to you know, try several times. But if that's you right now, just know that that is an emotional hurdle to get through, but that is something that you can overcome by continuing to refine yourself. And it, I, the average person, I, I don't even know the exact data on this, but from a lot of people I've talked to, I mean, it takes several rounds sometimes. Right. And, um, but that's why I was so ecstatic when I finally got in. It felt like I had reached the top of what I was trying to get through. And then it, I, I opened my eyes to how much more there was still to come because then I started, you know, a couple months leading up to the school. I kind of cracked out my old uh, nursing notes, started going through some different anatomy and pathophys things, just because you're out of school for a while. And yeah. it's it was a transition to get back into school. And it's, but the difference for me was I was used to working and making money and having a job and then coming home. And when I wasn't at work, I mean, nursing isn't a job where you take it home necessarily. You're able you're not having to like work on things at home for the most part. It's it's something that you clock in and when you're off the clock, you're not worrying about work and you yeah. can just enjoy life. And so switching back into that mindset, it's like your brain is a muscle that if you don't use in that type of way, like when you do abs for the first time after months, you're super sore for a couple of days. I had a massive headache for like the first couple of months of school, just, um, mm-hmm. just mentally trying to strain my brain that much. It was a transition to get back yeah. into it again. And, but I was excited. Like that was when, you know, like you're young, you're energetic, you're just excited to be there. 
you're just ready. It's like the best day of your life, the first day of school. I remember that first day meeting everybody and looking around and trying to figure out who I was going to be friends with. And um, I, honestly, I still can't remember if I even noticed you on that first day. Like it took yeah, it feels, a couple that feels personal. I, I was I wore my <laughs> best outfit that day. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, seriously, like I, I don't even remember talking to you that first date. It wasn't even like that big of a class that we had. I, I remember. I think remember we get our badges. Do you remember that in our photos? Yes. Yeah, I think I think we had a conversation. You're right. You're right. Yeah, I yeah. Don't remember. It that. meant a lot to me. It doesn't seem like it means a lot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but um, it's it just like it's like your first day of school all over again. Okay. Like first day of kindergarten, you don't know any of these people. You're at a new school, a new program, yeah. uh, but you're Everybody's excited. On their best they're, behavior. Yeah. I I think I remember that first day. This is a true story. We had to write down the the program that we were in. Do you remember that sitting in that we were like in this big classroom? You had to write down I, I literally didn't know how to spell anesthesia. I'm like <laughs> I am like I'm a terrible speller to begin with. I there's certain things I probably shouldn't admit on this podcast, but I literally wrote A N E S and I was like, I think it's a T H that doesn't really make sense. So I like scribbled the rest of it. And I was like, this is, this is not a great way <laughs> to start up this program. Um, and so I was like, yeah, this is, this is happening. And it, you're right. You're out of school for lots of years and you go back. I remember getting past that, getting back into classes. Uh, our first real class was physiology and it was anatomy. anatomy no, anatomy was second semester. I think yeah, it was physiology. Yeah. It was yeah. like advanced phys or something. Yeah. I think my first test score in that class was like a 72. And I was like, I've never, I've never scored that on a test before. Like you're, you know, a high achiever you're trying to get great scores. And he's usually in the 60s. I've scored that before. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But I was like, oh man, I got to get my act together. And I had to relearn how to study, how to like look at, textbooks again, how to, you know, think critically, how to test take all those things had to come back to me. And, um, but I remember that after that first test, I was like a wake up call of like, this is like, you got to get your head in the game and you got to remember how to do school again. Cause it comes at you fast and it comes at you. It like, it, it doesn't, it doesn't stop till you graduate. It's like, you sit down that, that desk for the first day till you graduate. It's just like, you think you're busy now, wait till next semester. That was, I hated that from, from the mm -hmm. students that were ahead of you. Cause you'd be like, Oh man, I'm just like bogged down in care plans right now. And they're like, wait till you're in clinical. And then you have to do care plans and you also have to do call and X, Y, or Z. And you're like, man, I'm just, <laughs> I'm struggling with this semester. I can't believe next semester gets worse. But um, I remember in that first, it was in that physio class. I told my wife, it was like, it was like two months in again, this is, I'm probably not a great role model in this regard, but I was like, I think, I think I'm done with this. I was like, we were travel nursing at the time. We were living in California on the beach. Now I am studying night and day in Illinois. And I'm like, this it's January. This is the worst. Like this, I like, this is not worth it. I remember talking to her. I'm like, there's our contract. We could still go back to it in California. Like I like laid out all the plans of like, Hey, this is like our, this is the ripcord moment. Like, let's get out of here and let's just like, it, we only lost two months of our lives. Let's just go back to what we were doing. It was fun. And I think that's kind of like, I know you and I talked about this a lot during school, but 
I think that's part of the reason that the mental struggle is so intense is because you can't see, you can't compare it to the good yet. Like if whatever your life was before, there were good elements to it, I would assume, or or certain things that were going right for you. And you know, those positives, but like, you don't know the positives of finishing anesthesia school until you're there. So all you can compare it to is the struggle that you're going through right now. And so you're like, it was better working three twelves at night and having four days off and having true four days off and having friends and a social life and not missing holidays and being at parties to now, like I'm missing all of that. And for what, like you can't compare it to anything. It just feels like you're just giving all that stuff up. And I think that is a really hard long game to play because it's three years of every day you have to make that decision. And I think that that, the sooner you get on board with that, that you just have to know you can't compare it to the good because you haven't experienced the good yet. But now like being on the other side of it and working as a CRNA, I'm like, oh man, my life now compared to before is immeasurably better from a yeah. work-life standpoint. We'll be right back. Today's episode is sponsored by Nurse Anesthesia of Maine, where excellence meets compassion. Established in 2003, Nurse Anesthesia of Maine has grown into a dynamic team of 30-plus CRNAs, serving 12 hospitals and ASCs with exceptional anesthesia services. Nurse Anesthesia of Maine is seeking qualified nurse anesthesiologists to join their outstanding team with competitive salaries, a robust benefit package, flexible schedules, and a commitment to community involvement. Explore Bangor, Maine, a vibrant city surrounded by stunning outdoor landscapes with all the city conveniences yet within range of both mountain hikes and a beautiful Atlantic coast. It's perfect for work and family life. Elevate your career with Nurse Anesthesia of Maine. Visit www.namecrna.com for more information. That's www.namecrna.com. That's a good point. I I felt that weight get heavier the further throughout school we got because of the fact that just what you said, when you, when you told uh, your wife, you look, you looked at her and said, it's only two months and we're only out two months and that's it. And then you get three months in and then you're like, okay, it's, it's, we can still do this. It's only three months out. If we want to back out, we can. And then you get through a semester and you get through a second semester and each semester you go forward the pressure almost in my mind continued to build of if I don't finish this and if I don't pass these boards, I just like, I ruined so much of our, for one financial state the last yeah. couple of years. And then two, just our emotional state. I mean, how much did we just waste and give up if I can't complete this? For and, sure. and we had a child at that point, we were having a second one coming on the way through school. And it, that, that is when I had my emotional breakdown in our third semester was when it hit me. I am too deep into this to back out now mm-hmm. and I am emotionally done. Like I am so stressed out with this that, but the weight of it, of you got to finish this because if you don't and you just ruin your family, it was the thought yeah. process. And even, even the last semester of school when like the finish line was right there and I was so close, that feeling still was with me because I knew 
I was so close that I need to finish this. But yet you're just you're just literally at the end of a race with everything you have, just clenching your teeth to take one more step, one more step and get across that finish line. And you get there and you got to pass boards. Right. And I remember thinking I had done plenty well on the C exam to the point that I should not have been nervous about boards in all honesty. Like I like everything showed that I would easily should be able to pass. Mm-hmm. But the amount of stress and the amount of just pressure on you and just studying for the board and taking the board you, until you pass your boards and that weight just settles and you realize I did it. Like yeah. I crossed the finish line. It's just the biggest relief. Yeah. But to back up though, going through the different semesters for me, the first semester was fun in a way. Like, I don't, I don't know if it's the right word, but fun in the I sense that. that it was new. It was like, yeah. I'm like, I'm doing this. I tried for years to get into this program. I am doing this. I'm going to be learning anesthesia. I'm going to become an anesthetist. Like this is exciting. I'm back in the school again. It's kind of, it's just, it's still new. It's still fresh. It, it was exciting. Um, now our program, the first half was all didactic. And then we uh, backloaded a lot of the clinicals with some of the coursework still as well. But so we did a lot of our doctoral classes and um, the paper writing, the theory writing, things like that. And I would say a couple months in, when those started to get a lot more paper writing, I, I'm not a grammar guy. I'm much more of a math and science guy. And the the first year and a half for me was challenging because of the fact that we weren't doing as much anesthesia as I anticipated. And so once that initial excitement wore off after a few months, I I became frustrated with the fact that I'm sitting at home a lot of the time, which was great from that standpoint, but I'm doing what I thought was just busy work. It's yeah. doing forum posts online, writing papers. In all honesty, in my mind, I was thinking, how is this going to really affect what I do in the operating room when I graduate? Yeah. And it's a year and a half of that. I mean, it's it's a lot of, of forum posts and paper writing. And to your point that you said, a, a upperclassman would tell us, oh, you think it's bad now, just wait till you're in clinical or just wait. And I would tell the same thing to people. When I got into clinical, I said, man, I wish I could go back and be where you're at right now. Yeah. And I took that for granted. But I think before I let you jump into this, uh, the point I'm trying to make here is each semester of school for us brought about a different twist of a challenge. And I think it's almost good and better to have it that way, because if the entire three years is the same type of challenge, I don't know if I could have done almost a thousand days, three years worth, or is it over a thousand, just over a thousand days of of literally doing the same type of of strenuous challenge. It's almost a refreshment to your brain that this semester is a tough challenge, but when I uh, finish that semester and start the next one, I'm still going to instantly be thrown into stress, instantly be thrown into hurdles and challenges, but it's a different way of challenging me. And so it was almost like a refreshment. And then mm-hmm. I looked back and I thought, oh, I wish I could go back to that challenge because it felt almost easier because I'm currently in a different challenge. Yeah. But I think that difference each semester honestly gave me enough of a change of pace to help me get through it all. Right. Oh, I think you're totally right. And I think that when you <clears throat> when you look back and you think that it was easier objectively maybe maybe it could be considered easier but i think also you get used to that struggle so for the person that's going through it for the first time it is really intense and it's really is a struggle but you've already done that for five months you've already done that for four months whatever it is 
So you're used to that rhythm of whatever that struggle was. And I think that when you look back at it, it seems, it seems like less significant than the new struggle that you're going through, because now all your emotions are tied up in all of the change and all the newness and all the new struggles that you have. And you've already figured out that, that past one. Something my wife says that I always appreciate is she says, everybody's hard is hard. And so I think a lot of times we try to almost offer, like sometimes I think we're doing it from a good place of offering comfort of saying like, Oh, it's not that bad. Just wait till next semester to get worse. And I think that if you're an upperclassman, just like understand that if you have a younger classman coming to you saying, you know, I'm like struggling with X, Y, or Z, I would, I would argue everybody's hard is hard. So if you're struggling with those circumstances of what's in front of you and, um, like that is, that is a difficulty that they're going through. And just because you've already gone past it, or it's something that's in your past, doesn't make it any less difficult for them. You were probably feeling those exact same emotions as you went through that for the first time. And so I think that even though we all have different circumstances, what, again, what might be like the breaking point for somebody could be something that you took in stride that day because you've already done that 10 times, but that missed intubation could have been their second intubation or it could have been their 15th intubation that they've missed. And for you, you dealt with that last year. And so that's no big deal. If you miss an intubation, you just move on to the next thing. And I feel like, um, yeah, if you're hearing it as an upperclassman or a lowerclassman or underclassman, whatever, it's it's um, it's difficult to find camaraderie. I think that's why you find so much camaraderie in your own class, in your own cohort, because everybody's going through those same challenges. And it's hard to to sometimes find that solace or find that like help or comfort from people that have already been through it. And I think that's part of the reason, too. Well, there's there's some dynamic between CRNAs and residents is because CRNAs have been through the school already. So when you're like, man, I'm like, I'm dying with clinicals. I think there's some part of your brain that's like, well, I went through that too. And, you know, like you all get through it. But when you're going through it, it feels like nobody else has ever gone through this before. Like This is, this is tough, you know. But I think when I was listening to you, one thing I wanted to circle back to is when you mentioned having a mental breakdown in the first year, I can think of specific times that it was tough for me. I can think of the very first semester when I thought this isn't going to pan out or like, let's just get out of here now because life before was so much better. I think that the beginning of year three was another crunch point for me. And I think the last very last semester leading up to boards, those are my three points that were the most challenging for me. And I can, I can go into a little bit why, but I'm curious to hear about like, when was that seems like the first two semesters are going pretty well for you. What happened leading up to that? Do you feel like there's any circumstances that brought that on or is that just, um, yeah, just kind of timing. What did that look like? Yeah. So we, to be honest, eight months into our program. So we started in January and so our years were January through December is how our three years were were basically broken down. And we had our spring semester was our first, our summer semester was our second. And we had like a week or two off in between that summer semester and the the fall semester of our first year. And my family uh, went to Branson, Missouri on vacation during that time. We're big boaters and we were, we were boating on Table Rock Lake there. And I remember I was sitting on the water. Um, uh, we were just... No, what's the word I'm looking for? We were uh, 
we were just anchored and just swimming. I was talking to my dad and about school and everything. And I said, you know, honestly, dad, like I, I'm loving school right now. I said, it's, it's going really well. Everybody told me how hard school is going to be. And I said, it's actually going really well right now. I feel like I'm thriving. I'm doing well. And that was the famous last words right there, because that night, that very night is when we found out we were pregnant. We weren't trying to get pregnant with our second child. We were going to wait till we graduated to have another child. And originally I was ecstatic about it. I'm like, well, this is it. we weren't trying, but this is going to be awesome. This is going to be great. And we get back home and we start our third semester like two days later. And that was our first real core anesthesia class. See what I did there, core anesthesia. Um, that was our first core anesthesia class. And our instructor just threw at us like eight textbooks and every chapter we got to read on that topic that we were going to discuss first from each of the textbooks and all the stuff we got to do. And I was still working part-time in the ICU, which I highly do not recommend that you do. And I had to do like three days in a row. It just happened to be that Labor Day weekend. I did three days in a row and I spiraled in an instant. And I'm not going to go into all the details, but it was six months of horrible anxiety and depression. And I've, I've never had anxiety and depression ever. Like this, this was completely new for me. And uh, we have a mental talk episode that we've done in the past that I go into a lot more detail on that. But so just because things are going well for you, the reason I bring all that up is just know that it can change in a hurry. For me, it literally in a 48 hour period went from feeling very high with school to horrible, crippling, couldn't get out of bed anxiety from it. And I've never been somebody that even remotely struggled with that. Um, so that was a huge point for me. And for me, then the second one was the transition point at middle of our second year to switch to clinical. That was something, just the anxiety leading up to that of how that was going to look. Because the first half of school, you have so much home time where you're just studying on your own. And to know that you were going to flip to having to be in clinical for X amount of hours a week, you didn't know when you're going to get out. You had to get up super early every morning, doing care plans, still having classes. And I, I didn't know how I was going to transition to that. And so I had a lot of anxiety lead up to that. And then the first month, month or two of clinical just transitioning was a rough patch. And then I agree with you going into the third year, it just starts to get to the point where you're just burnt out. You're just ready to be done. I remember you and I were talking with probably six months to go of our third year and we just felt like, all right, we're, we're ready to be done, but we have six more months of this. And at, at that point, looking back, six months doesn't feel like a long time. But when you're in that moment and you have done two and a half years and you feel like you're barely treading water and every time you finally get your head above water, another wave crashes over you and submerges you again. And you finally get a little bit of air again, you get submerged again. When you're in the middle of that treading water, six more months feels like an eternity. I know looking back, it doesn't seem that long now. But I remember that point was really rough for me too, just knowing that we still had so much longer to go. And then looking back, it flew by. But it's easier to say now when you're in it. Yeah, I think that was really where my challenge came from at the beginning of the third year was that, and again, I should mention that every every semester, you already touched on this, it just changes. Like you think you get one thing under your belt and then you go into specialty rotation. So now you're doing hearts, you're doing peds or you're doing OB or something. Something changes where if you feel like you're getting ahead or you finally got control of your schedule, it seemed like at that point, it was time to start all over again in a different setting with a different, you know, uh, hospital or something that would seemingly keep this like 
underlying anxiety rolling for me. But going into that third year, I think that was a really challenging point for me because that, that was probably my lowest point in school because I thought, okay, I have done two years of this and I know how long that felt. It felt like 10 years of my life in those first two years. And then I thought, I still have to do that. I still have to do one more year on top of all of this. And it felt like at that point, like you said earlier, you were so far invested, like you're not quitting, but I just couldn't believe I still had a whole nother year to go of this. And that just seemed daunting. I mean, it was like, it was like, I just, I just felt empty. Like I was just depressed and didn't have any drive to do anything outside of clinical and studying. And I just felt like this was just like soul sucking at that point. And I think, I think the changing point for me at that point I remember you and I sat down and looked at our schedule for that last year, but we blocked it out into like two to three month increments. And we're like, okay, here, two months, we have this coming up. And then after that is two months and we have this coming up. And then we have this rotation in August. And then from there, I have this final rotation. It helped break things down because then instead of looking at the full year, I looked at, I need to do this for the next two months, these, and and those chunks of time, obviously would go by a little quicker and you could, seem like a little more manageable, but that was, that was my challenge at that point. It just felt like I've done so much of this and I still have so far to go for, for boards that last semester, it was all about the anxiety of, okay, you've done all of this and it better be for something. Like it better, you better not fail now because you've put all this time and effort into this journey. Now you got to come through, like now it's time to pay up and you better show up and, and, and passports. Otherwise, like none of this matters. And I think that was a whole different type of, I think that was more of a focused anxiety. At that point, I was like, I think it was a, maybe a little bit constructive because I was just into study mode and into like, let's, let's gear up to finish this off. Right. Whereas before, I think it was just kind of like an apathetic uh, exhaustion where I was like, oh, this is just, I can't believe I still have another year of this. That was a great point you brought up with breaking it down because e- even in the didactic portion, the first half of school for us, when you get that, the syllabus, the beginning of the semester for each yeah. class and you see all the assignments you're going to have to do for the semester, it's like, whoa, you just get like <laughs> submerged and you just feel yeah. the weight of everything, but you don't have to do it all that day. Like, sure. like if you were to tell me now all the cases I'm going to have over the next six months. And the different unique case scenarios and the comorbidities I'm going to have, like, I'm going to be stressed out. Right. But if you just show me day, one day at a time, what cases I'm going to have now, it doesn't feel like a lot. And the same is true when you have all this getting brought to you the first day. Don't overwhelm yourself with that. Break it down with, hey, here's all I have to do today. Here's all I have to do this week. And just take it one week at a time. And same thing when you get into clinical, take it one rotation at a time. Or take it from one of your vacation blocks to the next vacation block. And I know each school varies on how much vacation you get. Um, but just try to set those little milestones because it really makes a huge difference. You have to find some way. I, I, I feel like we're making this all a negative talk right now. For good reason, though, because there is so much ne- negative um, energy towards it, I feel like. But if you can find a way to switch that survival mode to thriving mode and try to take a spin on it where, where you feel like you're not just playing backup defense but you're now playing aggressive offense if there's any way that you can turn it and make emotionally you feel like you're on the offensive side that is a game changer 
Mm-hmm. And and for me, honestly, it was starting this podcast. That was one of the turning moments for me is when when you and I sat down and we decided, you know what, we're actually going to do this. We, we People have told us for several months that we should turn our recording sessions into a podcast. And we said no for, for months. And finally, we said, you know what, let's just try it. And I saw that people started to listen to it. It got me in a way, it almost gave me some sort of purpose and some sort of like positive energy towards wanting to study, wanting to learn, wanting to keep going. And I know obviously that's that same situation is not going to be true for everybody, but that was the way that it turned a little bit positive for me. And emotionally, it just lifted my spirits where I didn't feel like I was just drowning. It made me feel like I was actually running towards a goal and and doing somewhat productiveness with it, if that makes any sense. For sure. Yeah, I think that I think that, like you said, this is, sounds pretty negative, but I hope like our goal for this podcast episode is that if you're feeling any type of these same emotions, that you know that this is not, you're not alone because I feel like all of these, all of those times were, were extremely isolating for me. You know, I don't know how you feel about that, but I felt like you're in an OR by yourself. You're doing, you know, assignments by yourself. You're working long hours by yourself. And then when you're down, you're down by yourself, or you can be if you don't seek help and you don't and you don't find that support system. Because I, I hope that you, I think the reason we're being so candid and and clear here is that hopefully you realize if if you're feeling this way, like you are by no means alone. Not the first person that's felt this way, won't be the last. And I hope that we can normalize talking about it because I think that this is it's important. Part of it is just realizing, hey, this is like probably a normal rhythm of going through anesthesia school, feeling these, these ups and, and, and downs, feeling these excitements, and then being followed by the pressure of performing a profession pressure of getting all these assignments. And it's, it's grueling and it's meant to be that way. You're a very changed person from day one to when you graduate. And this is all part of the process, but I hope that you don't internalize that and think that you're the only one that's going through these, these stretches of being really down or, exhausted. And, you know, part of that is taking time to care for yourself. And part of that too, is finding support systems. Uh, you and I had a, a pretty good group that we studied with that we were able to just text and and be really real and candid with when we were going through struggles or we had a really bad day in clinical. And, and so I think that's extremely important, but hopefully from afar, you're getting a little bit of that support from this episode, knowing that you're not alone. And uh, hopefully we're, we're normalizing some of those, those same uh, feelings that you're having. I think also to one other thing that you mentioned there, if, and I kind of touched on this earlier, I wish that there was some way to give you like a glimpse, like every semester you could live one day of your life as a CRNA, mm-hmm. you could have a paycheck, you could go home to your house and do hobbies that you had before and you didn't have to worry about turning in anything or have pressure of someone evaluating you. And you could, like, I wish you could get a glimpse of that because it is just such a long game of putting in hours day after day after day. And you don't know the feeling of for what yet. You just know that this is some goal that you're working towards. And I wish that there was a way that you could, you could experience that to keep you motivated, but it's, it's so worth it. I mean, being on the other side of it, you're like, man, I'm so glad I didn't quit. So glad I didn't give in. So glad I didn't walk away. Um, work-life balance is so much better now. I was telling my family over, over Christmas, I was sitting with them 
CRNA was not even close to where I thought I would end up when I started going to college initially. I thought I would take a completely different path altogether. And they're asking like, do you ever regret that? Do you ever wish that you had stuck with the original plan? And I'm like, I, there was no way for me to know with my circle, what a CRNA was. So I'm grateful that I've ended up here. And now that I've ended up here, like there's no way that I would have picked anything else compared to being a CRNA now. Like this is exactly what I want to do, exactly where I'm meant to be. I love the work-life balance. I love that I leave work at work. The, um, you know, pay structure is nice. The, the schedule is nice. Like everything about my job, I enjoy being at my job. I enjoy doing anesthesia. Like everything is, is I wouldn't change a thing. And so I think that hopefully that's, um, maybe a little glimpse if you're going through the middle of it, but I wish there was a way you could feel it and experience it because it is so worth it. hundred thousand percent. I I had a, uh, a high school student shadowing me today. He was looking at, uh, just different career paths. Mm-hmm. And he's like, this just, you just seem so excited about this. And I was like, it's because I am, I love this. Like right. it legitimately yeah. is fun. Like I yeah. love what I do. And yeah, just, just to echo what you said, just the lifestyle, the financial structure, just the, the actual day in and day out of working is just exciting. So I totally echo what you said. Like if, if, if I know you can't get a day of that while you're going through school to glimpse that, but hopefully through this, you can, just see that you can picture yourself in the future. And if you've made it this far, you are a driven person. And even though you feel like giving up, because I honestly felt like giving up a thousand times during, right. but I also knew deep down that that's not my personality. And I wasn't ever going to let myself admit defeat, even though I wanted to every time you're a driven person and you're going to make it. Uh, I'm not saying it's going to be easy, but you're going to make it. And I remember we graduated in December I had taken my boards a week before Christmas and we were at our family Christmas and my uncle was CRNA. One of the reasons I, I, I went into it and his son. So my cousin uh, went home that night after Christmas and he told him, he goes, dad, Cole just seems so happy. I haven't seen him happy in years. And he's like, well, yeah, it's because he graduated anesthesia school two weeks ago. Like, yeah. of course he's happy now, yeah. but like tangibly my cousin, my younger cousin who knew nothing about what I was doing. Like, I mean, he knew I was doing anesthesia school, but truly doesn't, didn't know what was kind of going on in my life could tangibly see my spirits just lift when I graduated. And like, that was a statement to just how much anesthesia school brings you down, but just how fast my spirits lifted up after I graduated. I mean, within two weeks and we have a whole episode on transitioning to CRNA from SRNA to CRNA. And we're not going to get into that today just because of time, but there is a whole nother round of things. Cause there was a whole nother round of growth and, and stretching and uncomfortability when you do start on your own as a CRNA. Uh, so I encourage you to look at that too, because there's a whole nother emotional side of things with that. It doesn't all stop when you graduate. Uh, but I truly can say now that we are two years post-graduation that it was worth sacrificing every single day. Yeah. And it's way easier for us to look back now and say that. And I get oh, for that. sure. For sure. How many times stand in the parking lot and we were like, you quit, I'm quit. Let's let's do it today. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're out of here. We yeah. thought we could uh, switch and just be like options traders and make enough money. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, it, uh, it is worth it. And I and I think you make a good point because I also want to paint a realistic picture here too that I, I felt like going through school as soon as I graduated, took boards, passed and became a CRNA, like life was good. 
for me, there was about a six month transition period where I was equally as stressed, equally as anxious, maybe more about my cases. And it just takes some time to transition. There's a whole different ball game when, when the buck stops with you. And I think that some people make that transition a little quicker. Some people it takes a little bit longer, but I think it's a very normal thing to have that transition period. And that was a whole nother, again, Cole mentioned that we have a, we have a podcast episode on that, but it's, it's a whole different wave. And for me, I was again, unprepared for that because I thought like I was riding the high of passing boards being done, being done with school. And I was like, life is great. And then it brought me back to reality pretty quickly when I started my first job. Um, but I'll say after that period of adjusting and, and getting comfortable, like, like we've said before, just love and been a great ride. Hopefully this episode is encouraging to you. I think that like we both felt like when we were preparing for this, it felt really kind of dark, depressing, and that's not our goal here. Our goal is hopefully from our experience to um, maybe allow you to feel seen. If you're feeling any of these emotions or feeling isolated, um, you're not alone. And if you don't have a support, reach out to us. We love, we love messaging people on Instagram and uh, just helping out any way we can. So um, you're doing it. You're doing a great job. Put one foot in front of the other. And I promise it's all worth it in the end. Mm-hmm.